Hey, this is Pastor Madison. I am so excited that you're tuning in today to the Crosspoint Podcast. My prayer is that this word inspires you, uplifts you, and enlightens you. You can connect with Movement Youth on Instagram at movement underscore youth or the Point College Ministry at the Point College. Let's jump into the message. All right. It has been a while since I have been able to preach because we've had weather stuff or can, you know cancellations and we've had guest speakers. And so I am ready to, as they say, let it preach. So I'm very excited. But today, before we get into anything, it's a very special day. Some of you may know what today is. Some of you are whispering what it is. It is someone very special, very near and dear to my heart. It is indeed his birthday. Tyler Metcalf turns, do you want me to say it? 28 today. So let's all sing happy birthday to Tyler. Happy birthday. birthday with you guys, right? All right. Also have another couple uh, housekeeping things before we get into the message. Fine Arts Preview Night, like she said, is April 12th, okay? So Fine Arts is April 15th. It's here at Cross Point. But April 12th is when we have our preview night. And so that is a night where you can invite all your, your family, your friends, and they get to be up in the auditorium watching all of our talented students showcase their gifting. So maybe some will preach, some will sing. I know Annabelle's got a new song she's dropping that night. So that is a great opportunity for you to get your parents through the door and show them the space if they've never seen it. Tell them about what we're doing here. And then also the plan right now is last year we had a Speed the Light Spaghetti Supper. But this year we're going to have Z's Pizza. That's the plan. So it's a pizza party beforehand. If you haven't had Z's Pizza, it's good. And so we will be raising money for Speed the Light through that pizza party. Okay. One thing I do want to say for fine arts. So... Obviously, you, you know, you do fine arts here locally, and then if you qualify, you go on to nationals. This year, nationals is in Ohio. I would just want to let you guys know that this year, Tyler and I will not be going to nationals, but if you qualify and if you go, I will still give you all the info if you want to go to nationals, but I just want you to be aware that if you do qualify for nationals, I'll give you the info, but I will not be present with you because we've got El Salvador, we've got camp, we've got a lot of stuff going on. So again, you can certainly go, but we will not be there. Um, also, this is exciting. There's going to be some changes in the youth room, okay? If you, if you look around, we're kind of, you know, crowded in here. I don't know if this is a fire hazard, but it probably is. And so what the plan is, is um, eventually, I don't know exactly when, but we're going to take this net down and we're going to go this way with it so that nothing gets destroyed up here like random, you know, footballs and stuff. And then, praise the Lord, Pastor Levinsky says, and then we're going to center up the stage and so this whole floor will be open for all your friends to come. And, and if you are an eighth grader or a high school student, next week, you know, normally on spring break, we like have a, like an open gym kind of thing where I have some, you know, we'll have some paper games and stuff like that. But I actually want to have a service because we have missed because of weather and everything. 
But if you are an eighth grader and you're a high school student, we're going to have like this awesome acoustic set worship and this low key night. But instead of small groups, I want to have a dream session. And so what what my dream is, is that swag shop area that we have. If you've never been back there, there's actually a couple rooms that are back there. And I want to make that a high school lounge for you guys. So we want to redo it. And so you have your own space when you're here. And so next week, if you are not traveling for spring break, if it is your spring break, please come and go check it out and just dream with me. Tell me what you want. I'm, I'm not going to promise that we can do everything that you want, but I want to hear what you guys want it to be. Okay, I want you, you high schoolers to have your own space. So that's eighth graders, high school students. If you're a sixth or seventh grader, I still want you to dream. Okay, there's still going to be time for you to, you, you to dream, and then you can hang out um, after all of that. All right, let's, let's start preaching, shall we? All right, we're going to start a new sermon series tonight, and the series tonight is called Spring fever, spring fever. Let's go ahead and pray. God, thanks so much for these students. Thank you for um, just dwelling in this place, God. Thank you for just how you've moved and just the students that you've brought through this door, the leaders that you've brought through this door. We're just grateful, God. And I just pray, Lord, that through this message, through worship tonight, through small groups, that if there's any strongholds, if there's any walls up, you would just break them down, Lord, Um, that you would return these students to you and if they've never come to you, God, I just pray that they, they pursue you like they never have before. Uh, so just rest in this place, God. Be with me. Guide my words. And uh, we love you. Amen. All right. So like I said, for lots of you, spring break is next week, right? Someone say amen. Get a little break from school, some of you. And I don't know if you guys know this, but this weekend we're going to have a time change where we have to spring ahead, right? Unfortunately, we do lose an hour. But we spring ahead. And then on March 20th, It is the first official day of spring. So spring is coming, right? And spring is a season. How many seasons are there? Four, you're correct. You just passed second grade. I want you to turn to a neighbor and I want you to tell them uh, your favorite season. So is it spring, summer, fall, or winter? Go ahead and tell them. Okay, who said winter? Let's all gather around and pray for them. I'm kidding. Um, You like winter, Oliver? Wow. I knew there was something off about you. I'm just kidding. kidding. We love you. We love you. Okay. So we have different seasons, right? We have different seasons. We have spring, we have summer, we have fall, and we have winter. And what's so cool is that God created these different seasons. Okay. He created spring. He created summer. He he created fall. And if you, he created winter. And if you don't believe in God as a creator, like if you don't believe that God created everything, you got to look at some of the systems that he set up. Because it's absolutely amazing. And in Romans 1.20, it's going to pop up here. It says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. So basically that is saying that creation, this earth, what he's created, it reveals who God is. And God knows that we need seasons, okay? So he, he created us, you know, the earth is on a, a tilt, taking you to science class. And so because of that tilt and the way the sun hits us, we have these different seasons. Did you guys know, this is just like a little science nerd fact, that God perfectly positioned the earth from the sun so that we can survive. If we were 2% closer to the sun, we would fry. And if we would be 2% further away from the sun, we would freeze. Like, isn't that just mind-boggling? NASA says that the earth is perfectly positioned for us to have life. Like God is such an intentional creator. And there's so many systems that, 
that intertwine to make us have life, right? To make this whole earth thing, this world thing work. And so there's so many things in creation that are very intentional. And there's no other explanation but to say that there is a creator. He uses what he creates to reveal things to us. So we get to learn things about him by looking at what he has created. You, you got me? You following? So just like he has set up different physical seasons, like spring, you know, he's created spring and summer and fall and winter. We also learn, which was, it's just so beautiful, is that we have different seasons in life. We have different seasons in our relationships. We have different seasons in our faith. So just track with me. A lot of us like spring. We like the spring season, okay? Because in the spring, things start to change. The days get longer, and the snow melts, and there's fresh rain, and the plants grow, and the flowers bloom, and there's sunshine. Animals come out of hibernation. Some of you come out of hibernation, right? I've seen Instagram, WSR slumped, okay? Zeta. (laughs) But there's this excitement in the spring, right? There's this anticipation of what is to come in the spring. And with that anticipation and the waiting and the excitement of what is to come, we can experience this thing called spring fever. Everybody say spring fever. So we have this like surge of excitement. And we're so ready for what's next. And we're so ready for spring. We're so ready for what's to come. But we're so set on what is to come that we kind of start to check out where we're at. So I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but maybe some of you with spring fever has started to like daydream in math class a little bit, or maybe you're just like kind of lacking motivation to get your homework done because you're like, it's going to be spring soon. Like I'm excited and I don't want to, I don't want to deal with my current responsibilities. Like I am so over that. So even though you're like, you're energetic and you're excited, you can start to become unfocused and unmotivated and maybe even a little bit lazy right where you're at and you're, you're starting to check out. And I think that some of us are there with our faith. Like we want God to move. Like we're anticipating for him to do something, for him to change something. But as we wait and we sit in this anticipation, like as we read the word without seeing the immediate result of what we want, or as we pray, we don't see an answered prayer. As we come to church and we don't feel anything anymore, we start to lose motivation. We start to lose focus. We start to get lazy in our relationship with God. And so I would say that there are some people in this room that probably are experiencing spring fever when it comes to their faith. Their spirit has a little bit of spring fever. So you're like, okay, God, you know what? I've been praying. I've been reading your word. I've been asking for this. I've been waiting for this. I've been anticipating you to move, and I want to feel you again. I want to go back to how it was last year in my spring season when I was hungry for the word, where I felt you, where where you answered my prayers. God, I want that. I am anticipating that. Some of you are there. So my assignment tonight is to motivate you, to bring you back into focus, and and to work through this whole spring fever thing that you got going because I have a cure for it, all right? So I was talking with some youth pastors, and a lot of them started saying that have been in youth ministry for a long time, they started saying that they notice that you have different seasons in ministry. You have different seasons in your faith. And they noticed that after a couple years, things got kind of hard. Because have you guys heard of the honeymoon stage? In a relationship, sometimes in a friendship, you may have this honeymoon stage where you just see everything with rose-colored 
glasses where you just love everything about the person. And I think a lot of us, a lot of us experience that with God. Like we have a honeymoon stage with God. And so when you first come to know Christ, it is like the season of spring, right? Like you, you come to know Jesus and everything is completely new. You feel like you have new life and things are growing and everything is blooming and flowers are popping up everywhere. you got sunshine galore and then you get a fresh rain that comes down. And then April showers bring May flowers, right? And then summer rolls around. And then things start to really intensify after that spring season. Like after you experience that new life, like you get on fire and things are pretty heated. It, it becomes real. And you're fired up for what God's doing. And so you're doing things like handing out invites to your friends. You're making them at school. You're handing them out. Or you're, you're hanging up posters or banners in your school. Because you're just on fire. You have this fervor for the Lord. You're seeing God move and change some things. But then your faith season of fall comes around. And things start to cool down, right? All the breakthroughs that you saw in your summer season where you were, you were refined, they start to kind of slow down. And you start to maybe see some things change. Maybe you see some relationships, even Christian ones, even good godly friendships. Maybe they start to change. And maybe you feel like those prayers, all of a sudden you're like, hey, God, I don't, I don't hear you anymore. I don't feel like you're listening really anymore. And maybe that hunger, that desire that you had for the word of God in your spring and summer season, it starts to kind of wane a little bit. And you're just like, I don't have that zeal. So you start changing that passion, that fire for the Lord. And then all of a sudden the faith season of winter comes. And it's dark and it's cold and it's quiet and there's way too much snow. And you fall on your butt on the ice walking into school. And that spring fever sets in and you're like, God, where are you? God, I do not feel you. God, I, I want that spring season back. I want to spring forth with life. And honestly, this is the season, this winter season where you're starting to have this spring fever, where you're just craving and hungry for something more. This is where a lot of people get stuck in the faith. This is where a lot of people stop. Because they're so anxious for what God wants to do. And then when they don't see it, they all of a sudden become unmotivated and lazy. So they quit. They quit showing up. They quit shining light of Jesus. They revert back to who they were. They become arrogant. They start letting sin creep back into their life. This is the hardest season of your faith to be in. But I've got good news tonight. Because a fresh rain is coming. And you are going to feel God move in your life again. But the question that I have for you is, are you going to be around to see and feel it come down? And some of you are like, absolutely. Yes, I want to feel God again. I need a fresh rain. I need a fresh move of God to just come rest on me. I want my spring season. But what I think we forget is that the rain that we're praying for, that fresh rain to come down, that spring shower that we're praying for, it often comes in the form of a storm. And we don't want to endure storms. We just want that rain. We just, want, we just want the life that the rain brings. We just want to feel good. We just want the life that, that spring brings. But in order to have life, there has to be death sometimes. And in order to get rain, a lot of times there has to be a storm. So I want to break down a passage tonight for us, and it's in Mark 4. It'll pop up here. Mark 4, 35 through 41 are the verses. Guys, 
you've probably, some of you have probably read this, but tonight we're really going to break it down, and I guarantee that you're going to see some things that you haven't seen before, okay? So Mark 4, it starts off with this. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. So Jesus himself said, let us go over to the other side. He's promising, hey, we're going to get to this point. We're going to make it through this. And I just want to pause right here and say that not only is he saying that, he is the one inviting them into the boat, knowing that there is going to be a storm. It is possible that God calls you into a storm, into a winter season, into a hard place to prepare you for something or to teach you something. Okay, so verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. They were also, there were also other boats with him. This is really important. You probably would normally skip over this. There were other boats with them, okay? And a furious squall came up, whatever that means. It means a storm, but I don't know why it says squall. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Another pause. The storm was so much, guys, as they were sitting in this boat, that the waves were coming into the boat and crashing over them. And one thing that I think we forget is that a lot of the apostles were fishermen. Okay, they knew the water. They had experienced storms like this before. But the second craziness hit the sea, they were like, what do we do? And I feel like there's a lot of Christians, a lot of people that believe in God, that know God, that know the word. But then all of a sudden this winter season hits or this storm hits and they're like, what do we do? It's possible that that happens. Sometimes you act surprised, but it's like, look in the word. It happened then, it's happening now. And then in 38, it says Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. We, you probably know, Jesus was sleeping during the storm. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And I think some of us respond this way when we're in a storm, when we're in a, a winter season. Instead of saying, hey, God, I know you got me. Would you please help me? They're like, we're like, God, where in the heck are you? Like we all of a sudden lose this trust. We lose this belief in him. And we start to question, are you even there? That's exactly what the disciples did. But even then, guys, even then, even through their unbelief, even through, even through their doubting, it says Jesus got up. But what I want you to notice is that Jesus, it says he got up. He didn't get up when he heard the disciples arguing about what to do. He didn't get up when he heard the wind. He didn't get up when he felt the water. He got up when his disciples cried out to him. And let me just say this. We have a, a 15-month-old daughter. And if that girl cries one time in the night, I am immediately awake. And that is exactly how God responds when you cry out to him. So God, Jesus, he hears them. And so it says, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. Jesus, he was present The whole time the storm was going on, guys, he was in the boat. He didn't prevent the storm from happening. He may not prevent your your winter season, your fall season from happening, but he's he's there. And I also want to 
mention that earlier in this passage, guys, this is good. This is real good. Earlier in this passage, it says there were other boats with him. There were other boats around them. It doesn't say in in the word that the other boats cried out. It said that the disciples in the boat with Jesus cried out and God calmed the storm for everybody. And there's some people in this room who have people in your household, who have friends at school that you have been trying to get to know Jesus Christ. And you want to stop. But can I just say that if you continue to call upon the name of Jesus, their storms are going to stop too because of your faithfulness. So don't give up. Keep crying out to Jesus. And then it says, he, he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Guys, it wasn't the storm that disturbed Jesus. It wasn't the storm that disturbed Jesus. It was their unbelief. Jesus is not disturbed by your seasons where you don't feel him. He's not disturbed by your feelings, okay? But he is disturbed when you choose to not believe and trust him through all of that. So then they were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. What you guys may not know is that that boat that they were in, it was in the Sea of Galilee. And, and where they were, where their boat was, it was particularly susceptible to storms, okay? It was very common that where they were would get a storm because the cool air from the Mediterranean would clash with the hot, humid air over the lake and there would be this storm. So, guys, they were literally set up to endure a storm. that there was a storm, even though they were literally in a spot that was known for storms. And we do the exact same thing. We cannot believe when we're in a dry season when winter comes, when fall comes and things start changing. When we're enduring hard things, when we're sitting with spring fever just waiting for God to do something and it doesn't look like he is. And I told Tyler the other day, I said, you know what? How silly would it be if we expected marriage here on earth to be like our wedding day every single day, the hype and the emotion of our wedding day when we commit to someone, how silly would it be to expect that every single day being married to someone is going to be like that wedding day? That would be absolutely exhausting, right? But yet with our relationship with Jesus... We have this expectation that that day that we commit our lives to Jesus and we feel this spiritual high, we feel this emotion, we feel this feeling, we feel like every single day has to be like this wedding day or something is wrong. That's just not how it works. That would be exhausting. So we shouldn't be surprised or defeated when we enter into a new season of our faith. Instead, we should be strengthened by it, even when it's hard. We shouldn't be shocked when we're led into a storm. We should cry out in faith to push through it. Because here's the deal. You guys are going to experience storms even as Christians, especially actually as Christians. You're going to endure hard things, but the question is, who are you going to call on when the storm intensifies? Who are you going to cry out to when your parents get into another argument? Who are you going to call on and run to when that friend puts you down again and hurts you, stabs you in the back? Who are you going to lean on when sin comes knocking on your door? Some of you tonight, you are in a storm. You are in your winter season. And you've been praying for something that hasn't happened yet. And you've had people hurt you. And you're in a tough situation that you're working through. And you're sitting in your boat. And the water is rising. And the storm is coming. But spring, spring is coming. 
Your next season of faith is just around the corner. So can I tell you tonight, stay in the boat because Jesus is there. And sometimes the miracle God wants to do in your life, it looks like a storm. Sometimes that fresh rain that you've been praying for looks like enduring the storm you're in. The worship team can come on up. So you want to know the cure for spring fever? You got to keep going. It sounds simplistic and it sounds basic. But if, if you want the cure for spring fever of getting out of a season, if you're in a, a dark season, your fall season where things are changing, not for the, the better, if you're in your winter season, it's cold and dark, you got to keep believing. You got to keep going. Don't give up. Stay in the boat. Stay on mission. Stay focused. Stay on schedule. Even when you don't feel like it. Keep praying even when you don't feel like God hears you. Keep opening your word even when you got to read it ten times because you don't understand it. Keep shining the light of Christ even when your parents or your friends don't change. Don't give up. Believe. Life is going to spring forth, guys. Your spring season is going to come, but you have to decide if you're going to stick with God long enough to see it happen. Don't get lazy right before God's plans come to fruition. In James, James 1, 2 through 4, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Guys, let it grow. It's okay to be in the season that you're in. It's okay. God's not disturbed by whatever season, by whatever feeling. But he is disturbed if you choose to not trust him to not believe in him. <clears throat> you know, there's this thing that we uh, asked our daughter, Hazel, that I mentioned earlier. <clears throat> there's this thing that we ask her when she's eating. And Tyler, the other night, was like, this would, this would preach. <laughs> there's this, this question that we ask her, and we say, do you want more, like the sign language, do you want more, or are you all done? Do you want more, or are you all done? Most of the time she says more. She likes food, like her mom. If you, if you want to break the spring fever, guys, you have to want more. You cannot be all done. You can't give up. You can't get off the boat when Jesus is, is in it. And it's a beautiful thing in the spring when life springs forth from death, when flowers shoot up from nothing, when leaves appear on branches. It, it's creation revealing who God is. It's life. He takes the dead things and he brings them back to life. You know, Tyler and I, we have this saying, and it sounds kind of dramatic, but when you are committed to someone, you have to sacrifice some things. For example, when <clears throat> maybe we go out and get ice cream, and we got to put our daughter to sleep, there's this saying that I say, if I have to leave my ice cream, sit on the counter and let it melt while I go up and put her to bed, I'll look at my husband, I'll look at Tyler, and I'll say, I die. And if we're sitting on the couch 
And he gives me the good blanket. He's sacrificing it because he knows that I want it. He'll look at me and he'll say, I die. There are things that you have to give up. There are some things that have to die in order for there to be abundant life. And it's the same thing in your walk with God, guys. Sometimes you're going to feel like you're dying. But there is life. Jesus brings life from death. Jesus sacrificed his life for us. He died. He died. I die. So that we can live. So do not give up on him. Don't give up in this season. In fact, those moments with Tyler and I where I feel like our marriage has been strengthened the most. Our wedding day didn't set the set our whole marriage, you know, made it good to go. Our wedding day, the, the, the decision, it didn't dictate how our marriage was going to go. Our marriage, it goes in the direction of those small moments those small moments, even when we're hurting, even when things are hard and we still choose each other, those are the moments that matter. And it's the same thing in our relationship with God. It's not the big hype moments. It's the small little moments that suck sometimes and that hurt sometimes. But it's that commitment and that faithfulness to keep pursuing Jesus. And so um, tonight, if if you want to make a decision to say, I want new life. I want, I want to spring forth with this, this amazing life that God has for me. And I know that he can take all this, this hard, hard stuff, this death, and that he can bring life from it. He can take all the stuff that's going on in my household, with my parents that keep fighting, or my brother and our sister that has this addiction, he can take all this hard stuff and he can carry it and he can bring life from death. If you want to make that decision tonight, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. If you want to make that decision tonight to say, hey, this is Jesus guy. I want to know him. I believe that he died for me. I believe that because he died for me on a cross after living a perfect life that I get to have this abundant life. If you believe that tonight, because you've never heard it before and tonight you're choosing it or you've, you've fallen away and you want to come back, this is the start. This is, this is a moment where you get to start the relationship with Jesus. So if that's you tonight and you want to you wanna choose Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior for the first time and you want to return to him, I'm just going to ask that you raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Raise your hand tonight if that's you. could put those hands down. Hey, if, if you raised your hand, we're just going to say a prayer together, and I, and I really want you to cry out to God, just like they did in the boat, and I want every single person in this room to pray alongside you, and then we're going to worship. We get this moment of worship where we get to focus on Jesus Christ, the life that he brings, even when we may not feel like it, we get to rest in his presence, and so I just want you to all pray with me and repeat this. Say, hey, God, thank you for bringing life. I believe that you died on the cross 
so that I can live. You are my Savior. You are my Redeemer. I choose you. I love you. I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's all stand. And we got a couple songs here, here guys. And, um, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard about some of the revivals breaking out all over the country. But college campuses are seeing their students lead the way. Your generation is leading the way in these revivals. And so why not here? Why not have that fervor, that, that zeal for the Lord where revival breaks out in your school, where revival breaks out in your home, where revival breaks out with your friend group? Why not, why not here? So let's just seek after God and let's worship together. If you enjoyed today's message, I would encourage you to like it or share it on social media. Movement Youth for 6th through 12th graders meets on Wednesday nights, and the Point College Ministry meets on Sunday nights. We would love to have you join us. Thanks for tuning in.